Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I am doing okay, I'm a, a little exhausted, this has been kind of a long week for me, uh, and mm-hmm. also over here in the States, uh, Thanksgiving is tomorrow, so I thankfully have a day off and can get, get gotten up on a little bit of rest, Cool. Uh, but that just means you got to work harder on Friday and all of next week to do other stuff, so... Mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, it's outside of the sixty mile an hour winds outside my building. It's pretty good. Yeah, you sent me you sent me a little video of that, didn't you? Some uh, yeah. stuff was going across the ground. So yeah, Mother Nature's uh, recasting for Gone with the Wind. No, uh, <laughs> Gone with the Wind was just stuck in my head there for a minute. But I'm thinking of uh, uh, some film. Right. I can't think of the name of the <laughs> Toto. Uh, Wizard of Oz, thank you. Wizard of Oz, my All brain right. just does not want to work tonight. Right. Uh, cool, apart from being caught up in weather and whatnot, what have you been playing? Uh, I've actually been bouncing around a few things. The uh, Black Friday sales, which I haven't really discussed uh, this year on the podcast because, well, one, everybody's discussing them, and two, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of, everybody already knows about it, so I didn't really mm. see the point of talking about it. Uh, but they did kick off um, this week on both platforms. Uh, so I picked up uh, the uh, Konami Castlevania Collection, which is normally twenty dollars US, and in an, in that in and of itself is a pretty good value because you get nine games and a bunch of digital art. But it's on sale for ten instead of twenty, so I grabbed that real quick. Uh, I've been bouncing a few of the games, you know, just getting a little nostalgia in. And then uh, PlayStation kicked off their sale, and Days Gone was down to twenty bucks, so mm. I grabbed that and played that for a little bit. Uh, other than that, I'm just kind of bouncing around a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Nothing really serious, serious gaming-wise. Cool. I really like the, um, I believe it was free, the free um, different game modes for Days Gone that they did. One was like a horde mode. One was a uh, like bike track thing. I didn't think that was very good. But they've got a lot. They had a bunch of different uh, horde mode things um, in the game, and I quite enjoyed those. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed Days Gone. It, it was pretty good. It had some technical issues, but... Uh, obviously, we have a review of Days Gone on the site as well, and we do have a Let's Play of the um, specific game mode I'm talking about. I'm sure if you search for Days Gone on the website, you could probably find everything I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, as a zombie fan, that was that was uh, some pretty good stuff. So, um, where, where do you stand on zombies at the moment? Just just in uh, yeah, they're a good vehicle for creating tension, but I really yeah. think it's more of the game mechanics itself, like. State of Decay and State of Decay 2 I played a ton of because the zombies were just kind of a background thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, occasionally they'd be an annoyance, but for the most part, it was more about base management and uh, um, strategies and the actual waves of waves of zombies. Uh, Days Gone, I'm not the biggest fan of because the melee weapons go bad way too quick. I mean, like, way, way too quick with that degradation. Mm-hmm. And the shooting's not very... Uh, fast it's very very sluggish to try to zoom in and right. aim around aim down sights to get a shot off uh so most times i just try to zoom around it and avoid the zombies and avoid combat altogether hmm. all right um cool so i've i've uh finished death stranding after what did i say it was 47 hours um and right uh-huh. at the, right at the end on one of the missions at the end it gives you your uh uh timer counter thing i mean it does it after each delivery it says like how long the delivery took you how long you've played the game for 
and I'm pretty sure it said 47 hours at the end. Um, my biggest criticism of the game is you could probably slice it in half. Um, and I don't remember much of Metal Gear Solid 5's ending. I remember obviously Metal Gear Solid 1's ending because I played it more recently. I know that doesn't quite make sense but that's just what ended up happening. Kojima's really got problems with when to end the story. Um, and I, I haven't played, you know, I played most of Metal Gear Solid 2 and then got fed up with it because Raiden's a terrible character. I uh, played some of Metal Gear Solid 3 but then found out it was a prequel and then wasn't really, didn't really want that. Uh, hadn't played Metal Gear Solid 4 uh, but Metal Gear Solid 5 was, was, was really, really good. Um, but there's just so many points in the game where I was like, oh, the story's finished here. And then I knew I had 15 chapters, and I was on chapter like 11, 12, 13, and I was like, you could end it here, and here, and here, and here. Um, and I just kind of thought that you could probably, yeah, like I said, slice that game. Maybe, maybe there's two games in there that you could probably make. I'm not saying any of the story that he writes in Death Stranding is like irrelevant or too much. It's just really, really long. Uh, but if you you know, you want a really, really long game uh, about de- delivering in a post-apocalyptic kind of future, then this is going to kind of kind of be for you. Uh, I really did enjoy the game a lot. It's just that um, I do take issue cer- cer- certain times with, you know, TV, video games, films, when they just, you have an ending and then the film doesn't end. Uh, one recent example film-wise is It Chapter 2. It's 2 hours, 15 minutes, I think. I've reviewed that as well on the website, but... Uh, yeah, that's another film where, like, okay, you could probably end it here. I oh, know you're not going to end it here. Okay, you could probably end it here. No, you could probably end it here as well. Um, and I just feel like that's, uh, I mean, that's a bit more of a personal gripe because that's one of the things I just dislike a lot is when you have an endpoint you could use for your story and then you choose to just kind of keep going. Obviously, it depends what medium you're talking about, but obviously for this one I'm talking about uh, a video game. Uh, I've needed I've needed to take some time to think about the game just because there's so much in there. Uh, so that's why there's not a review out at the moment. I might do that on like Friday or something. Um, just because there's, there's no American Horror Story, there's no Good Place, nothing like that on, uh, on Thursday and Friday. So I've got a bit more time for those sorts of things. But um, yeah, really did enjoy I don't know if there would be a sequel. I think you could potentially make a sequel. Um, but, uh, it seems like, uh, given recent kind of rumours or things that I've heard, Kojima's either going to do a film next or he's going to do a horror game. So, um, I don't know if a Death Stranding 2 for him is, is something he's considering and whatnot. Obviously it would be, still be four to five years before we see a Death Stranding 2 if, if that's even what he does next. But yeah, that's my one gripe is that the game's just really, really long and you could end it at several points and, um, you could slice it in half. So... Uh, not chronologically, kind of slice it in half, but just you could make you could have made. There's there's about two games in there, I think. So, um, yeah. Yeah. See, I've heard that with a lot of Kojima games that he's really good at kind of creating a story and creating an arc, but he is in desperate need of an editor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And someone to say to him like, "Hey, you've, you know, you could end the game here," <laughs> kind of thing. But uh, not, and I don't mean in the way of like, "Oh, god, I want Death Stranding to be over." It's just like, okay, there's about eight different points you could naturally end the story. I think, or at least for you know a game one sort of thing, and he just chooses not to do that. So, um, yeah, think about the think about the uh, third Lord of the Rings movie. That movie technically ends for like half an hour. Mm-hmm. I can't really. Like the last half hour of that movie isn't the isn't total ending in and of itself. So yeah. Yeah, and just when I was getting to like chapter, 
13, 14, I was like, oh, I still have, like, two chapters left, um, and just wondered where the story was going to go, so, uh, I guess it's just a really, really long ending, so, uh, anyway, I, I want to save some of that conversation for the review itself, so, uh, yeah, I've, of course, moved on since that to, and no, there's no way I'm platinuming Death Stranding, because I, he- I heard it takes about 175 hours, and I'm just not going to do that, so, um, yeah, I mean, if you have platinumed Death Stranding, then congratulations, because that's going to be a heck of a task, but uh, that's not something I'm going to be choosing to do. So, uh, yeah, so moved on to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. There is a first impressions video on the website, which does have a spoiler in it, surprisingly. It's got spoilers written in the title, so you've been doubly warned, I suppose. Um, yeah, I, I like it a lot so far. It's it's very kind of risk-reward in terms of, you know, the combat. Do you want to take another swing at the enemy? Do you want to uh, take a step back? Do you want to dodge in a different way? Uh, I'm slowly unlocking different force powers. I just unlocked the force power to push things back kind of thing. Uh, I previously had um, where you can, like, freeze certain enemies using your um, force powers and whatnot. Um, it's, it's very challenging in terms of, like... Um, finding the the meditation places to like heal up and save the game and things like that and then uh to choose that okay if you do go in to meditate and stuff the enemies around you are going to respawn so if there is enemies around you because not there's not enemies at every single meditation spot some spots there's just there's no enemies around you so it's fine but it's just a case of okay do you absolutely need to heal uh do you want to unlock some more skill point stuff um which i'm finding I'm, i'm getting the skill points quite slowly uh, I don't know if it's the difficulty that I've set or the way that I'm playing or whatever, or if it's just because I'm early in the game. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just that risk-reward thing of do you want to meditate and fully heal and everything, but then the enemies around you will be respawned. Do you want to take them out again? And then what if they damage you, but you take them out, and then you're kind of back up where you were. So it's got that going on for it. In terms of an actual being, an actual Star Wars game... Um, it's uh, I I'm not really connecting with many of the characters. I don't know any of the characters that have popped up yet. I think they are. I mean, some of them might be from one of the novels or whatever. But um, of course, Cameron Monaghan, who was the kind of sort of Joker in Gotham, he was also in Shameless, I think, the US version, and he's done some other stuff as well. But uh, most recently, it has been as uh, Jerome or Jeremiah in in Gotham as well. Um, he's great in the role he plays as Cal, obviously the mocap and all that sort of thing. Uh, he does a good job of that. And I'm kind of connecting with him. He's got this little, I think it's D1 or something. I can't remember the name of the little droid that you get. But uh, it, it's good so far. I've been very frustrated at certain points with it. But um, they're introducing new mechanics. And the game's moving along nicely. So I'm, I'm going to keep it going at least for a little while. And see how I get on with it. But it's just that case of once you take out the enemies in the area. And you move forward. And then you save the game. You do feel an actual sense of progression. So uh, that's great as well. So... Uh, any questions about Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order? Uh, well, not so much a question, but just a clarification. You said that the characters might be from the novels. Uh, that's probably not the case because when... Uh, I'm just guessing. With <clears> it, but... when, well, no. When Disney bought uh, the Star Wars license and the Star Wars IP and all that, mm-hmm. they promptly de- declared all the novels non-canon. Oh, so anything okay. not the prequels, not the main three, not... Uh, the three post, well, two and the one that's coming up in a couple, three weeks. All that stuff, all that backlog it was declared non-canon. 
Um, so it, there might be like some nods and, spo- and uh, you know, little Easter eggs in there referring to some of that stuff. Okay. But it's more of an, a, in a side eye kind of a way, more of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge than anything actually officially Star Wars. So. Hmm. Okay. Do the, the Rebels and Clone Wars still tie in, don't they? They have like Obi-Wan and Anakin and uh, Darth Maul's in some episodes. To be honest with the, the Clone Wars and the animated series, I honestly don't know. I just remember... There was some Star Wars game that came out, and it got referenced the fact that all the, all the books, all the novelizations that we've had, for like thirty plus years, it was just chucked in a bin and declared non-canon. So. Wow. Okay. Um, but yeah, in terms of because they have like the the Rebels and Clone Wars do have like some of the original uh, Star Wars characters, so I'm guessing that that still ties in. I'll have to probably ask David about that, but. Uh... Yeah, it's yeah, it's good so far. I'm enjoying it, but I'll see how I get on with it. So, all right, uh, that's all the gaming stuff we want to talk about. Obviously, well, not all the gaming stuff we want to talk about. We still have all the news to talk about and housekeeping, and we'll see you for housekeeping in a minute. Uh, just well, don't have to press anything. Just keep listening. See you in a minute. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today. Just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on uh, Entertainment Talk, we've got uh, another Watchmen podcast, Season 1, Episode 6, uh, for this extraordinary be- being. Uh, we've got three episodes left, obviously 7, 8, and 9, uh, so we're going to continue to cover that. Uh, near, a near-perfect episode of television this week, absolutely phenomenal, and me, you can listen to me and David gush about the episode this week if you'd like to do that uh, of course you'll need to be watching Watchmen in order for that to happen because obviously we took about the episode uh, but yeah uh, season 1 episode 6 for watching The Watchmen is now out and available for you to listen to uh, Walking Dead had its mid-season finale uh, this week season 10 episode 8 uh, and it will be back on February 24th I think is the date it uh, it returns uh, it returns at the same time that Better Call Saul uh, is going to return for season 5 as well obviously they want to have those airing together which makes sense uh, but yeah that's the season finale for Walking Dead it'll be back in February and we'll be back with it in February as well to continue the podcast uh, did a little um, it wasn't exactly planned as a podcast what basically happened was I did a Let's Play Sunday episode for uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and then towards the end of me recording that particular episode I just started talking about different Star Wars things and then I decided hey I'm going to pull that audio from that video into a podcast and release that separately as a podcast as well so uh the podcast called discussing the past present and future of star wars 
is that podcast that I'm talking about. Um, and yeah, no, I've not really talked about Star Wars properly in that sort of way on a podcast before. So if you want to know more of my uh, in-depth, I suppose, if you want to call it that, uh, thoughts on Star Wars, you can listen to that podcast as well. Uh, discussing Disney+, Plus, the films, the games, everything like that. So... Uh, you can listen to that as well if you want to. Uh, like I said, a first impressions video for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which does have spoilers in it. It's for the start of the game, so just watch that at your own risk, I, I suppose. Uh, but there's that. Um, Brassic is a Sky One and Now TV comedy starring Joe Gillen and uh, Michelle Keegan. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about the latest segment from Entertainment Talk TV episode 27. Uh, Brassic, Brassic season 1 episodes 1 and 2 spoiler free. Uh, and again if you want to listen to all those segments from Entertainment Talk TV episode 27. You can listen to that podcast. I think there's two more segments to come out. I'm not 100% sure but I think there's a couple more to come out. Uh, Bond 25 is out on the way soon. I believe that's the, the name of the on the Bond film that's on the way. Uh, so I discussed who could potentially play James Bond for Bond 26. Because Daniel Craig has again said that this is going to be his last Bond film. He said that last time. So we'll see what happens. But eventually somebody else will probably take the James Bond role. Uh, so I picked out nine different actors. Some are less likely than others. Some are more likely than others in that list. Uh, but I picked nine different actors who could potentially be the next James Bond. So we'll see who gets cast eventually whenever that happens so uh man united drew 3-3 away to sheffield united and uh not lost the game but lost the lead in the game due to one of the clearest handballs i've ever seen uh and uh we got uh, robbed from the full win from that which was unfortunate uh we are playing against astana tomorrow but i'm not going to be covering that game because we've already qualified in the europa league so that game is basically a friendly and we're going to be putting out all of our youth players so there's no real need for me to cover that, cover that game. But the next game after that is going to be Sunday against Aston Villa. Which, again, we should win. But you just never know what's going to happen in football. So, uh, speaking of football, let, let's uh, let's play Sunday's uh, episode 16. is for FIFA 20. So, you can check that out as well if you want to. Uh, Frozen 2 review. I went and saw... Um, Disney's uh, 2019 sequel follow-up to the 2013 Frozen 1 original film. Uh, and of course you can check that out as well. There is a spoiler-free review entirely, but I didn't write spoiler-free. But I just put it out as a review, so you can go and listen to that anyway. Uh, another mid-season finale for The Good Place, The Good Talk podcast, of course. Uh, for Season 4, Episode 9, The Good Place will be back around the 10th or 11th of January. And that's what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's move into some news. Alright, what did I talk about today? <coughs> well, first up, this is something that we were going to talk about last week, but then I realized the announcement for it we were going to cover, and then the actual real announcement for the reveal was going to be the next day, so I decided to skip it. Half-Life Alex is a new full-length feature game in the Half-Life universe, built from the ground up for virtual reality, which will launch for PC on Steam. In March of 2020, for $60 US, uh, it will support Valve Index, HTC Vive, Oculus Rift, Oculus Quest with PC Link and Cable, and what is listed as Windows Mixed Reality Devices. So I don't know if sometime between now and then they think hmm. that uh, the Microsoft AR is going to launch, 
or not, or if they're just, you know, covering the bases or whatever. Uh, on his uh, YouTube channel, Jeff Keighley released a 20-minute sit-down interview with the development team, asked them a whole bunch of questions. Uh, but the important thing is, is this is from the uh, game's Steam page. Half-Life Alex is Valve's VR return to the Half-Life series. It is a story of an impossible fight against a vicious alien race known as the Combine, which anybody who's played any Half-Life game knows. It is set between the events of Half-Life and Half-Life 2, so unfortunately no Half-Life 3. Plays as, playing as Alex Vance, you are humanity's only chance for survival. Apparently Gordon Freeman was busy at that time. Uh, the Combine's control for the planet since Black Mesa has only strengthened as they uh, corral the remaining populace into cities. Among them are some of Earth's greatest scientists, you and your father, Dr. Eli Vance. It uh, goes on about uh, VR and extra content, but it's one of those things that people are really, really torn. On the one hand, they're super happy that they get another Half-Life game, but on the downside, it's not Half-Life 3. Um, did you play any of the Half-Life games? You got anything on this at all? or? No, I do have the, uh, I think it was called the Orange Box, wasn't it? That had like Portal and, and Half-Life and stuff on it. I don't know if I still own that. I probably do because I don't remember getting rid of it, but... Uh... Yeah, never. Yeah, never... Orange Box was like on the 360. Yeah, I don't mm. think it was ever Games with Gold, but yeah, it had a whole bunch of games in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Team, Team Fortress as well, I think was was on there. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm misremembering that, but uh, yeah, I don't remember getting rid of it, so I might still have it uh, lying around somewhere. It's really interesting to see because you know I can't call myself a Half-Life fan. I've never even played the games, so obviously I'm not one of those. Um, but. Uh, it's really weird to see like the general consensus be like, oh cool, this isn't Half-Life 3, but we're happy that more Half-Life is here. I'm just more confused on Valve's uh, parts of... Okay, so they bothered to actually make another Half-Life game, and it's not a sequel to 2. It's not Half-Life 3, because uh, a sequel to Half-Life 2 could still be a sequel to that and not be called 3, because it could have a sub... Uh, excuse me, a sub name of some kind, but... Um, it, why would you go to make a Half-Life game and not just make what your audience has wanted for, I don't know how many years it's been since since Half-Life 2, but I'm just confused as to that decision. Like, when they went into, I, I, I assume, some sort of boardroom of some kind, and said, okay, we want to make this uh, Half-Life VR game, and it's going to be set in between 1 and 2. I just, I really don't understand that. Why would you make uh, i mean you know if th- those of you half-life fans that are listening and you're kind of saying look we're just happy that there's more half-life games i'm happy for you if that's if you're happy with what's been announced i'm just more confused on the development side to make this actual decision and to do that so it'd be like if um now i wouldn't be quite so mad at this but let's let's say one thing i've wanted to return for years is 24 so let's say a hypothetical 24 season 10 Let's say if there was announced that, okay, Kiefer Sutherland's coming back as Jack Bauer, but it's going to be set between, like, seasons 5 and 6 or something. I'd be like, okay, that isn't quite what I wanted. It's more Kiefer Sutherland as Jack Bauer, but um, it's not resolving the cliffhanger from season uh, 9, Live Another Day of the Season 9. So, yes, it would be more 24, but it would be in a time period that doesn't really matter. This seems like kind of the same thing, where it's like, great, we got more Half-Life, but... It's not quite what we wanted, so I just don't understand it from a development uh, decision standpoint. So, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it has been a really long time. Half-Life mm-hmm. 2, the primary game, came out in 2004. 
2006 gave us Half-Life 2 Episode 1, which continued directly from the episode uh, from Half-Life 2. And then in 2007, we got Half-Life 2 Episode 2. Um, and Alex was actually introduced in the game Half-Life 2. So basically, it's a pseudo-prequel to Half-Life 2. Um, so we're basically going to get more of that. It's the mm-hmm. VR thing that throws me. I mean, VR has been kind of a thing off and on for God knows how long. Yeah. Um, but it's never really been the end-all, beat-all. I mean, there was a, a hot minute where 3D was in every movie, and then they kind of <laughs> not got rid of it, but just kind of toned it down quite a bit. Yeah, you still see listings every now and then in, in cinema listings, but not as much as what you used to. So. Yeah, and sometimes you can see movies where you'll have scenes that are obviously shot for 3D. Probably mm-hmm. the the most recent example that I can think of is the uh, second Guardians of the Galaxy movie where um, Yondu and Rocket and Groot are walking around the ship and you just see that arrow flying everywhere and then just everybody going up into space. Those are clearly shot for people wearing right. 3D glasses. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I've so... never liked the 3D thing just as a whole, but, you know, that's I'd still, just me. I'd still like to try the 3D um, Blu-ray PSVR thing, which I've heard is, is kind of cool. Uh, I don't know what that looks like, but I'd, I'd like to try that. So as an owner of PSVR, uh, I think that would be pretty good. Uh, I wonder if any of the Toy Story films have that. Because I wouldn't want to watch, like... Well, I wouldn't watch Transformers again anyway, period. But, <laughs> but uh, like, uh, I'm thinking of a really crazy kind of film. And obviously Terminator's got explosions and mech people, ca- people kind of characters hitting each other crazy for uh, two and a half hours. But um, I'm thinking of, like, a film that's more, I suppose, gentle in that sort of way that I could kind of watch and, and jump into uh, and you know I love Toy Story anyway so maybe that would be a, a good choice for me to, to kind of look into um, mm-hmm. but uh, we, we'll see what what happens with that um, yeah but yeah I, I would just settle on like okay you've decided to make more Half-Life but not the Half-Life that everybody wanted so um, by the way a better example for the 24 thing I don't know why I said between season 5 and 6 it would be like if they made a season between season 8 and 9 uh, that would be more more of an accurate kind of uh, thing to describe that as so because that would be literally a prequel to the season that was the last one which you know okay whatever but uh, I think you can see that the point I'm trying to make with that so um, but yeah I, I mean like I said I'm it's not going to be something I'm going to be playing because I haven't played the other Half-Life games but if it comes out if it's a good game if the fans really like it I suppose that's all that matters at the end of the day so there you go um because yeah if it comes out and it's broken and no one likes it then obviously they've made a worse mistake so uh and no one likes broken games so there you go uh what else do you want to talk about today well uh we got an interesting development with the game beat saber which is pretty much the only vr game that i would ever actually might play but even then that's Mm -hmm. uh borderline it's like the only one i haven't Uh, played (laughs) yeah, yeah which is weird but the developer of the game Beat Games has mm. been purchased by Facebook. Now, this isn't an acquisition. This is more of like when Microsoft buys studios. According to the Engadget article I'm reading, the developer Beat Games will continue to operate independently um, from its studios in Prague. and It'll only be under the umbrella of Oculus Studios. And as you, some people probably know, but maybe not, uh, Facebook bought oculus studio several years ago Mm -hmm. Uh, so beat games will continue to ship content and updates for beat saber at the same time across all currently supported platforms oculus director of content mike verdu wrote in his blog post 
Um, he said that the long-awaited 360-degree mode is still scheduled to debut next month, which, since I don't own the game or don't play any VR games, I didn't know other thing. Oh. <coughs> yeah, didn't know about that either, so... I'm looking for something here real quick. There's something very specific. Um, okay. I'm seeing if the person is still with the company or not. So give me one second here. What, with uh, Beat Games? No, not with Beat Games, with Oculus. Oh, it's one of the right. people that's involved with it. Okay. Um, Hang on here one second. Not him, not him. Now, there's somebody, like, not famous, famous, like uh, Tom Cruise famous or something like that famous, but somebody that was, like, seriously into uh, games that uh, is part of Oculus, and I don't remember if they're still with the game or not. Okay. Yeah, it was the founder of id Software that was with uh, um, them for a while. I'm trying to see if they're still with the game or not. Okay. Um, yeah, as long as this is just kind of a financial support thing um, for Beat Games, if they could, that can help push them forward. Uh, as long as, it, it kind of echoing literally what I said a minute about um, Half Life, as long as you know, whatever, whatever ga- um, game Beat, Beat Games makes next, uh, as long as it's good, as long as it's well received by fans, that sort of thing. I suppose that's all that matters. Um, doesn't make a ton of sense to me about the the whole just Facebook being involved. I know it is the Oculus thing as well. Um, is that uh, is the game the game isn't on Oculus yet, is it? So is this to do with that? I, I suppose. Uh, I thought it was on Oculus. I'm not quite I'm not, sure. I'm not sure. Um, I thought it was maybe a, a PS exclusive, but I'm not 100 sure. So, um, unless this is this is some kind of deal to to make that happen or something. Um, but uh. Yeah, because I I'm not clear on what games are on Oculus because I don't have that system. But uh, yeah, like I said, as long as the games are still good, as long as they're still making um, some good stuff, uh, and the and that uh, that that continues to be successful. So because everyone I've uh, heard talk about Beat Sabers has really liked it so far. So and I do need to play it one day myself. So um, yeah. it's just because uh, the person whose name. Go ahead, sorry. It's just because that's a. Uh, I think it's like twenty five, thirty pounds or something for the for the game, and uh, that's just a bit much to drop on a on a VR game. So that's all. Yeah. So the person that I was trying to think of was John Carmack. Uh, so he was one of the founding software founding members of ID Software. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me read you some of his uh, technical recognitions. Uh, Nineteen ninety six named most influential person in computer gaming of the year and of all time. Uh, Nineteen ninety nine. And named the uh, most named the uh, top fifty most influ- influential people in technology from Times Magazine. Uh, ni- Two thousand one inducted into the Interactive uh, Arts and Sciences Hall. Uh, Two thousand two named to the MIT Technology Review TR one thousand. He basically invented the first person genre. Uh, his uh, titles in creating doom creating rage creating enemy territories quake wars um so basically anything involving a first person shooter he was the progenitor of that okay i mean he created uh shadow forge uh back in 1989 uh catacombs in 1990 commander keen in 90 as well uh rescue rover in 91 uh wolf Wolfenstein 3D in 92, 
And if you uh, go on YouTube and look up just Car- John Carmack, you can see some of his interviews. And you can just realize he's like way smarter than pretty much anybody he's in the room with. <laughs> and he was with Oculus at the time that uh, Facebook bought them. I still can't see if he's still attached to them or not. Uh, all I've got is like three-year-old articles and Wikipedia pages, which I don't really trust. Right, right. But he's just one of those people that if you know if he's involved with it, odds are it's going to be good. Um, so it's just going to be curious to see if he's still part of that or not. Cool. Uh, yeah, but what would you make of Facebook making this investment? Uh, it's hard telling. I mean, yeah. on the one hand, they're they're trying to be game and try to be game centric, get away from just being you know a distraction, you know, on your ten minute break from work or whatever. <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, the proof is in the pudding. And if we come out with like a Beat Saber two, or we just continually get Beat Saber updates, obviously not much has changed. If we get like serious changes to the games to where nobody plays it anymore, then obviously it's a bad thing. Right, right. Uh, yeah, we'll see what uh, what happens with this. So, um, there you go. All right, what else do you want to talk about? Well, staying on the subject of Facebook, uh, Facebook mm. actually nabbed a Twitch streamer who is jumping from the platform but not going to Mixer or anything like that. Uh, Jeremy Wang, who is known as Disguised Toast, which is by far my favorite username from anybody that's jumped so far because <laughs> if you if you read it fast you just realize this guy is toast as this guy is toast is funny uh so he posted a uh, uh twitter announcement from jumping from you know twitch to facebook but it was his jump how he did it was actually possible on his uh uh twitch page he shows a check that he got from Facebook for $20,000 wow. as a budget to do his uh, announcement video from jumping from Twitch to Facebook. So instead of doing like a ninja thing or a shroud thing, whatever, and just you know making a really cool thing, it's just a, a phone recording of him going down to a local children's hospital and signing that check over to them. So his uh, jumping is actually donating $20,000 to a children's hospital, which, you know, props to that. I mean, yeah. how many people would yeah. do that? Yeah, it's, it's always nice to see, um, I think the last time I saw that was like when, um, what's his name, Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Tom Holland went to the, mm-hmm. one of the children's hospitals for um, Spider-Man, Far From Home and all that sort of thing. Um, and they asked Jake Gyllenhaal some very interesting questions. Obviously, I won't talk too much about that. But, uh, yeah, it's always good when you get celebrities that... Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying this guy is a celebrity, but just but when you get people to visit children's children's hospitals and they they donate and things like that, it always does show that they aren't just saying that they care about certain things; they literally showing it. So that's always good as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's I mean, good luck to the to this person. I don't know who it is, but uh, if the move is good for them, good for a platform, and he's he's a success. Um, obviously his subscribers could easily jump over and whatnot, but uh, yeah, as long as he's, he's do, he does well, and obviously he's doing some good stuff with the children's hospital thing, then uh, good luck to him. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's been interesting, I've been seeing some, uh, I'm not like complaining, I'm just li- literally pointing out that I've seen it. Uh, when I log into Xbox, it says about like, watch, uh, is it Shrewd? Shroud? Shroud. Uh, Shroud on uh, Mixer, which is interesting. Obviously, you know, with him... Uh, Moving over there, they want to promote him a bit more. So uh, again, not complaining about that. Just kind of pointing out to, as a thing that I've seen. Obviously, we've co- we covered uh, his and uh, Ninja's moves to Mixer. So um, 
yeah, again, as long as it works out for these people and everyone's happy, then that's uh, all that really matters. So, um, anything you want to talk about with this? Uh, no, I mean, it's just one of those things that Twitch has been going <laughs> off in so many directions, and I've seen so many stories. Uh, there's a great uh, YouTube channel. Um, if you just search for uh, Twitch News on YouTube, I think it's called Streamers Reloaded. I'm not 100% sure on that. Okay. But it talks about, like, bands and, you know, actions and things like that and there's just so much inconsistency uh with twitch right now now i know one person got a seven-day ban for a digital copyright media strike and it turns out the company that put the strike against him didn't exist and the email address didn't exist and so it's just showing that twitch has been really really lax in terms of you know okay this person has a strike Mm -hmm. is it legitimate or not doesn't matter strike cancel ban whatever so yep that's one way to kill your platform so oh absolutely yeah now to be fair twitch is owned by amazon and they got enough money to air condition health right right. they wanted to so yeah yeah, they're not hurting too bad they got tons of money tons of money but it's one way for you to i guess not kill the platform then but to uh unpopularize it so Mm -hmm. which i think is a a good choice of words uh cool what else do you want to talk about today all right well if you're one of the people that's playing battleborn you're pretty much the only one uh yeah they did announce that they were going to be winding down their efforts and now they did officially put the game on death watch uh from battleborn's official twitter account we have begun the process of sunsetting battleborn starting february 24th 2020 will no longer be able to purchase virtual currency for any game use uh the game will remain active and playable until january of 2021 uh, at what point all servers will be deactivated? I honestly didn't even know Battleborn was a thing. Um, but to be fair, I'm not in that MOBA, mm-hmm. you know, slash yeah. kind of thing. I mean, I play Overwatch every now and then, occasionally, but that's more out of, of you know, I have a friend that plays and they want me to jump on. So okay, I'll do this every now and then, but I don't really yeah. play it. Have you ever played Battleborn? I remember when uh, like the beta or something came out, and I was like, oh, I'll just check this out. It looks kind of cool. And I remember using this uh, bow and arrow type of character. I played it for like five minutes, and then I just ran out of time and then never went back to it. Uh, Overwatch, I don't mean this in a bad way, but Overwatch did basically kill that game. Um, They got released right around the same time, and Overwatch was just the bigger game at the time. Uh, I think ever since Overwatch kind of took over from it, um, not that there was really any race to, to begin with, to be quite honest, but uh, ever since that kind of happened, uh, and Overwatch sort of took over, and obviously we're going to get kind of sort of an Overwatch 2 at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, ever since that sort of happened, I've never, I've not seen anyone really talking about uh, Battleborn itself. It's interesting, so I went to check out the, uh, the, the, the one of the local game shops um, around here, and... Um, I went to, I glanced at Battleborn. I thought, like, oh, how much, how much are they send this game for now? Given how much it's kind of been on a downfall, that downfall. Uh, it was five pounds, and then I went over to. I thought, like, oh, I wonder how much they're charging for, you know, its competition, Overwatch, uh, and that was fifteen pounds. Not that that's any like, I mean, that's just the the store's decision on how much to sell the game for. But uh, yeah, clearly, it just it never really properly saw the light of day. Um, Battleborn. I, d- I don't think it was necessarily a bad game. I just think that at the, you know Overwatch came out at the same time, and it just kind of obliterated Battleborn from from pretty much day one. I know there was a, within the first month maybe there was a few people I saw playing it, and then it was all just Overwatch. 
uh, everyone was playing that and obviously Call of Duty, Fortnite, all that sort of thing so yeah uh, it, it kind of makes sense that this would happen eventually I mean this happened to Evolve as well didn't it it went sort mm-hmm. of, I think it went free to play or something like that um, I'd still be surprised if that didn't happen to Fortnite 76 at some point although they've still got their free, free DLC to come out so uh, there's that, but um, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, if you are still playing Battleborn, I'd be very curious to know like what's the state of the game at this point and what the game even sort of looks like because that was when did Overwatch come out? Three, four years ago, I want to say. Roughly. About three years ago, 2016, yeah. I think. Because yeah, it was the one of the 2016 uh, Game of the Year nominees. One of them. I don't know if it was actually a Game of the Year nominee or just multiplayer game, but uh, I remember it being nominated in and around that time. So it's it's been been a few years. Um, but uh, yeah, Battleborn just never really saw its chance. So there you go. What would you think about uh, Battleborn? I mean, I never played it, so I don't really have mm-hmm. you know a dog in the fight, as it were. So I doesn't really affect me at all. I mean, it sucks when something doesn't succeed, but that's yeah. kind of the nature of the market. So, mm-hmm. but this seems like one of them things that didn't succeed that really doesn't have any talk around it. So, um, a little bit different to uh, obviously, you know, some things that are more successful when you get. I know it's a bit different, but like big TV shows that get cancelled and uh, certain other bigger games that just that just don't quite make it. So, uh, there you go. All right, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing that I have to talk about involves one of my more anticipated games, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that's listened to this podcast for any length of time knows that. Uh, there was another uh, call, um, an earnings call for like the corporation and all that. And this has been misreported and misconstrued in a lot of things, so I'm going to try to sort it out as best I can. Uh, now, there was an earnings call, like I said, from Adam Kaczynski who is the uh, chief executive officer for CD Projekt Red. And the multiplayer, uh, which is not going to be out at launch, by the way, let me clarify that, uh, for the Cyberpunk game. This is going to come out as free DLC at some other point. Um, On the earnings call, he said, as far as the monetization of multiplayer for Cyberpunk is concerned, we believe right now it is definitely too early to share any details on that or give guidance, the project is still relatively early stage. Um, the language is a bit off because it's uh, English translated to Polish, translated back to English. So there's going to mm-hmm. be some gaps in there. Uh, we keep experimenting. That's our first multiplayer game. Uh, we check various options and possibilities, and it's definitely not the time to point you in a specific direction on that. Of course, you can expect that we won't change our general policy towards deals with gamers. So I expect wise monetization and always value for money. Uh, now, some people are absolutely losing their shit thinking that there's going to be microtransactions in game in the game, especially since uh, both Adam and CD Projekt Red as a whole have gone on record saying they dislike it. And CD Projekt Red is one of the few ga- few game developing companies that doesn't do it hardly at all, mm. if yeah. anything. Um, my theory, um, and I'm not the only one, I've seen a couple of YouTube videos on this, most notably Upper Echelon Gaming's, uh, had this, and it makes sense, is that there is a way to monetize the game without actually doing microtransactions. Uh, the perfect example that Upper Echelon Games gave is that in, uh, the demos that you've seen so far, you've seen advertisements for fictional products. There's nothing to stop 
opt in from selling advertisements for actual projects like Coca-Cola, Pepsi, you know, McDonald's, Burger King, companies like that, yeah. only stylized and set in the cyberpunk universe. And there's actually precedent for that. Um, the the I don't know if it was ever on PlayStation, but Burnout Paradise, which I know was a big online uh, 360 game. Uh, you're basically yeah. a car driving around, and there's billboards all over the place. Mm. And they sold advertisement on those virtual billboards. And I specifically remember it because it was in 2008. And uh, then candidate and who eventually became President Barack Obama had somebody on his campaign staff purchase ads for his presidency in that game. So if you were driving around in uh, burnout paradise in 2008, you might've seen him on a billboard in that game. Hmm. And so if it's just that, I mean, even if it was in the main game, not even in the DLC and the earnings call specifically talked about the DLC and the multiplayer, I would be perfectly fine with that because one, you're not paying real money for that, but they yeah. can still monetize the game. And two, it fits within the game. Because we've seen ads for this product and that product, and who's to say Coke or Pepsi or Burger King won't be around in you know a hundred years or whatnot? So something like that, I'm perfectly fine with. It can be in the background; you can see it, not have to worry about it. This, that, and the other. And I, but some people are saying, oh, they've confirmed microtransactions. No, they specifically said monetization. That those are two very different words, and those have two very different things that can and can't be done in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to give a kind of um, speaking of oh would you finish talking no go ahead oh um, just a bit of a kind of I know this is a, a slight kind of tangent but just in terms of like misinformation and stuff I'm really getting kind of sick of clickbait at the moment and uh, one recent kind of uh, channel who's decided to go into that is what culture uh, I don't know if it's both of their channels I think they have different channels and whatnot but um yeah, that's a channel I used to go to for, like, fun lists and things like that, but they've recently started doing that. But anyway, we're not here to talk about uh, clickbait and whatnot. Um, yeah, I mean, there is ads uh, similar to what you're describing in Death Stranding. There is, uh, when you're in your, um, either the safe house or one of your uh, bunker things or whatever, um, Sam drinks uh, Monster Energy to get his, like, it's actually one of the mechanics to get your, your stamina back after you've obviously been on your journey delivering whatever you've been delivering. Um, later in the game it does change to something else I can't remember the uh, particular brand but it does change to something else later in the game uh, and I did see a couple of articles from people saying like, oh this is like ethically wrong and all this sort of thing and I was like okay you're just making kind of nonsensical articles which I think that kind of is uh, and I, I'm with you I have no problem with like um, when Norman Reedus as Sam Bridges is drinking Monster Energy in uh, Death Stranding to restore stamina I actually think it's kind of cool in a way because it's like oh I recognize that brand it's cool that that's kind of in Death Stranding there's uh, two other ones which is um, whenever you go to uh, one of the versions of going to the toilet I can't remember if it's standing or sitting um, I think it's when you do the, the sitting version um, there's a ad on the, like, the, the the sort of shower door thing. I don't know quite how to describe it. It's a bit kind of futuristic. But uh, essentially when he goes in there, the door that shuts is a bit kind of curtain-esque. Um, and then there's an ad for uh, Ride with Norman Reedus. It just says uh, AMC Ride with Norman Reedus. And it shows uh, a picture of uh, Norman himself, like, on a bike. And then there's another thing where... Um, 
there's certain I think they're called reverse tricycles there's two different versions actually there's three different versions you can get one which is where you have less battery but you can store cargo on it the other one is where you can have well the, the opposite way around of that the other one the third one is what's specifically called a ride type of a tricycle and that's got both it's got the the longer battery and it's got the storage space and it has ride with norman readers on um uh what well, one of the parts of the bike has got ride with norman readers uh and none of that bothers me at all and if that's a way for them to kind of get some ads in there and get some money in there and like you said i don't have to pay a penny towards that i can just keep playing death stranding which i did for 47 hours um none of that bothers me at all so if they're going to be doing that in cyberpunk as well and they're going to be using i don't know like coca-cola pepsi that sort of thing that you said um i'm completely fine with that so uh it doesn't ask for any more money from the uh game of themselves it's just a way to have uh a product placement i think is the official term for that sort of thing um I, yeah i actually think it's kind of cool when you see it in like films and games and stuff because it's sort of like you're playing a game that's from a fictional world or you're watching a show that's in a fictional world like walking dead or whatever um and you see a product that exists in your world in a fictional kind of world that you're you're either watching or, or playing a game in so i i think it's kind of cool sometimes so um yeah what do you think well the one thing i would say is if you're even remotely worried about that just think, right. think about the witcher 3 and more specifically their download content right are right. you honestly going to say that all the dlc that came out for witcher 3 didn't have value are you honestly going to say that that content was overpriced and under delivered no I mean, I never played any of the, that content, but I know you played it a lot, and mm. and I know from yeah everybody that I know that in gaming is it was it Blood and Wine. Yeah, Blood and Wine and Hearts and Stone. I want to say was the other one. I always get them mixed up. Yeah. But I think that was the, yeah. the two names. Yeah, but they were very, very uh, worth the money, and they yeah. very much set uh, um, a precedent for what DLC should be in terms of you're paying this amount of money, but you're getting all this content. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it. I mean, I think those two DLCs separately were su- somewhere between twenty and thirty hours. I might have that wrong. And they were about uh, fifteen. I remember specifically paying separately for 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 all of Witcher and the, and the DLC. And the the game cost me. It was on sale at the time because uh, I didn't get it at launch and whatnot. But the game was a bit cheaper, and then the DLC was on sale for like twelve pounds or something for both chapters. Um, but yeah, that those were like two slightly smaller games within themselves so those are really great uh and mm-hmm. at the moment like i've said over the uh, last couple of months or so uh, i've not seen that like recently but the witcher has been on sale a bunch of times the game of the year uh edition for like 10 pounds or 15 pounds for the game of the year edition and that's just crazy value so even as even as someone who played and finished the game and both of the dlc pieces i still picked up the full game itself uh, on, on PS4, on, on obviously the different console, uh, just because of the crazy value that was there. The, the Game of the Year edition, which had uh, the full game itself and then the two DLC pieces, was £10. Uh, that's just a, a crazy amount of value. So, Yeah, and I'm someone that I tried playing De- um, mm-hmm. Witcher 3, and I just couldn't get into it, but that's 100% on me. That has nothing to do with right. the functioning right. function of the game, with the technical aspects of the game. It's just... The controls never really clicked for me, and that on a game like that, uh, controls are everything. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> so if the controls don't click with you, then they're not going to click with you. But uh, right, certainly in terms of combat, at least, yeah. Yeah. So, 
Um, but yeah, there's no reason to fear anything from CD Projekt Red. They've already made the funny quote. I think it was like last year at some point that like we we don't do greed, we leave that to others. So don't don't expect anything heinous from uh, CD Projekt Red. So yeah, and it, as much as everybody's been burned with like Battlefront Two and EA and and you know Fallout First and all that, mm-hmm. I think CD Projekt Red has at least earned the benefit of the doubt. Oh yeah, at, at this point, so. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, not that it's like adding to this conversation specifically, but like, didn't it win? Did it win Game of the Year in 2015? It had to have. I think it did. And if that it was, didn't, then that was the year of like Fallout 4 and Metal Gear and Batman and Witcher. That was a crazy year for games, but I think it might have. I might have to look that up, but uh, it was at least nominated. I remember that much. So that was pretty great. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, that's all I had, so. Cool. Uh, right, we do have the... Oh, did you have the Games of Gold written down? Uh, yeah, but since you were going to do that, uh, the PS Plus ones, I was going to go ahead and let you do that, so... Okay, alright. Uh, I'll do the PS Plus and then you can do the Games of Gold, so... Uh, so your PS Plus games for December, of course you've only got two because PS Plus changes, uh, or has changed. Uh, it's been that way for, what, like almost a year? I'm sure that was... Was that March this year they started doing that? It was just yeah. two games? Yeah. Uh, and then obviously the the extra you know cloud storage because you really need that. Uh, anyway, your games games are called your PS Plus games for December are Titanfall Two, of course from Respawn, the developers of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and obviously Titanfall One, uh, and Monster Energy Supercross, which is a bike game. Um, I, I I played some of the Titanfall Two campaign because I just heard ridiculously good things about it. I didn't think it was that great, and I didn't finish it. Uh, that might really surprise some of you, but that's just kind of what I thought. Uh, maybe I just went in expecting way too much, because I kind of was, and then uh, I guess my expectations were just kind of changed. So, um, Monster Energy Supercross, I think this has been a Games of Gold at some point. I'm sure I remember doing a um, first impressions for this, or what, what, one of the games in this series. I'm not sure how many there is, but... Yeah, bit of a... Obviously, Titanfall 2 is supposed to be the big kind of standout game. Um, but, uh, yeah, what do you think of these selections? I mean, Titanfall 2, like you said, is kind of a big game. I mean, mm-hmm. it's long since passed its relevancy in terms of, hey, look, this is a game that was exclusive on Xbox, and now we've got it on a PS4. I mean, that was a year ago, but still, it's a big game. Uh, Supercross, I mean, I'm a big fan of racing games, so that one I'll probably check out at some point. Um, But after that, I mean, I I get them so that they're part of my library, but for the most part, I haven't really done anything with them, so... Mm -hmm. There were some rumors of God of War being uh, a game, a PS Plus game for December. Obviously, that didn't happen, so uh, we'll see what... uh, And uh, Yeah, this this is the last uh, PS Plus for 2019 as well. I just realized that, because it'll be uh, the December ones, so... There you go. Uh, cool. So I need to look at my phone for this next section because I have a screenshot of something. Where did it go? There it is. Uh, so Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which is a game I regularly play. It's my current competitive multiplayer shooter, if you want to call it that. Still not done the campaign, but I'll get to it at some point. Uh, Call of Duty is getting the first, it says here, the f- uh, biggest free content drop in Call of Duty history. And I think that's probably true. I don't know if that's true, but I think it is. So there you go. Uh, new multiplayer maps. Um, Shipment and Crash are back. Not Crash Bandicoot. Uh, yes, Activision owns both Crash Bandicoot and Call of Duty, but 
There's no Crash Bandicoot in Call of Duty. Uh, Crash the map from uh, Call of Duty 4 Mod Warfare. Shipment is in there as well, or Vacant is in there as well. So yes, we are getting maps returning from Call of Duty Mod Warfare. And that's going to be some really cool nostalgia for me. I remember Crash uh, really, really well. I remember being... Um, what was it? I think one of the buildings had this space up at the top, which a lot of people like to put down claymores and kind of make as their own sort of territory. There was these stairs that were there, and people used to put claymores there, obviously, as well. And that was also a good sniping uh, spot as well, obviously, you were on top of, the of, on top of a building. In the screenshot that they've got here for shipment, it looks a little bit different. Um, unless I'm just slightly misremembering it. Again, this Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare was like... 2007 so it's been a while and i haven't played it since probably that year so um yeah that's my memory my memory might be slightly foggy on that but uh vacant i don't quite remember vacant specifically i recall that name being a map but i can't picture it's got a screenshot here but that's not really helping me either vacant oh i think i remember what map that is yeah i think i've just kind of recalled from it had these uh there was these like gaps in well not gaps but there were these little, I guess the building had been kind of half destroyed and whatnot. I didn't really like that map just because I wasn't very good on it. But uh, yeah, I remember they brought that one back for um, uh, Modern Warfare Three. I want to say this isn't this isn't the first time they've brought back previous maps from uh, previous Modern Warfare games because they did that with Modern Warfare Two and Three. I want to say, um, but yeah, remember shipment really really well. Again, that's one of those maps where. If you get an airstrike, you're going to get a bunch of kills. Uh, vacant, I'm going to dread going back there because I'm just not very good. Crash, I'm looking forward to going back to. And just, just seeing these maps again in 2019, obviously they'll probably be up a bit, which they were on uh, either Modern Warfare 2 or 3. Uh, so there's that. Uh, they've got uh, these other maps I don't think are old maps. You've got Port, Cargo, um, Atrium. Atrium? Not aquarium, atrium, uh, and then it says and more, and it's just got a screenshot of something else. Uh, port looks like what it sounds like is just a delivery port of sorts. Uh, I don't think that map was in Call of Duty. It's got cargo as well. Don't remember that being an old map. Uh, don't remember atrium being. Is it uh, atrium? Atrium, I think. Atrium, atrium, something like that. It looks like a brand new map. Uh, so those are the maps. So yeah, great that the rumours were true and they're bringing back some old maps. Hopefully they continue to do that as well. If I was to pick uh, some specific ones, the I can't remember the name of it, but the airport map was one of my favourites uh, from Modern Warfare. There was also uh, some other ones as well. I can't quite remember the names of certain ones, but I really, really enjoyed a lot of those maps. Um, new multiplayer modes are going to be introduced as well. Reinfo I don't know whatever, what any of these are about. About, although you can guess from the names it, it hasn't got descriptions it's just got the names uh, reinforce um, it's got a picture of a bunch of guys holding a flag so reinforcing a door of some kind maybe that sounds kind of interesting uh, gunfight OSP uh, gunfight OSP gunfight is a current game mode it's their 2v2 one um, that you either start with or without weapons you have to maybe pick them up depending on what mode you're playing uh, and then infected which very much sounds like a zombie kind of thing I don't know if that is their zombie mode for modern warfare because um, they haven't got that at the moment they've got spec ops instead which for some reason has got a year exclusivity on the ps4 so by the time the next call of duty game comes out a game mode that's exclusive on ps4 for this game will be available which is just weird but anyway um, yeah you've got those uh, game modes uh, what, what would you say some of these are reinforced just some kind of way you're barricading somewhere maybe 
do you think? Yeah, it might be um, similar to, you know, like a protect a hostage or something mm, like that. Like, like a Rainbow Six like, Siege kind of thing. Yeah, like a Siege kind of a thing. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed that game, but just never really played it fully. Um, Gunfight OSP, I think, is a, just an additional different mode of Gunfight currently. Infected, I don't know what that would be necessarily other than a zombie mode, but that's not what it says here, so... Uh, don't hunt uh, possibility there was a, a similar mode on the halo games to where if you died you became a zombie and then you tried to kill the non-zombie people okay. i forget what, what that game mode was called but that might be something similar to that cool uh new special ops experiences i haven't actually played any special ops so i don't know much about that uh, it's got bomb squad grounded pitch black uh just reward and more uh, I don't really know what any of those are because I haven't really played Special Ops uh, or Spec Ops. And then new weapons. Obviously, I don't know what any of these are going to be like yet because I haven't used them. Uh, Ram 7 and Holger 26. I really, really want them to bring back the uh, UMP 45. I really enjoyed that gun. And uh, I specifically remember uh, there was a uh, perk you could use called Akimbo, which is where you equipped two kind of smaller weapons obviously not like two rpgs or something ridiculous like that uh it was where you could use like smgs pistols some shotguns if i remember rightly uh obviously not really pump shotguns because that wouldn't really work but you could hold two of the same gun in both your hands that sort of thing uh and i remember doing that with the ump45 and i used to get a lot of kills but it used to really annoy everyone but that was fine uh that was pretty good as well um yeah i'll see what these guns are like again i don't really know uh they look like assault rifles one of them kind of looks like a shotgun the holger 26 uh looks like it's got one of them you know one of them magazines that are kind of round um as opposed to like yeah a, the uh, uh um like a drum sort of thing drum yeah it's called a drum magazine it was made yeah. mostly famous on a tommy gun so mm-hmm. yeah it looks like one of them sort of thing so yeah, we'll see how this goes. Uh, it does say as well, uh, so season one for Call of Duty, so I wonder if they're doing the kind of Fortnite route, uh, begins December 3rd, which is next week. I think that's from ne- next Wednesday, isn't it? Next Tuesday. So. Next Tuesday. Tuesday or Wednesday. Well... Right. Uh, yeah, but begins December 3rd, uh, and then the good thing about this is free, same day on all platforms, which is exactly what they did with the two new maps that they released uh, a couple of weeks ago. I've still not played on the other map because it's a ground war map and I don't really play that one, but uh, Shoot House so far has been really, really good, so yeah, they're continuing to impress with this game. Uh, what do you think of the free, up- free updates that they're giving here? Well, it's always good when you get an update for free. Um, like I said before, I'm not really a first-person shooter. In the competitive you know, Twitch shooter kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not really my scene, not really my skill set, but more of what you love is never a bad thing. And so anybody that actually you know, is big into this game and wants more of this game and is a fan of this game, they're happy. So, you know, and that's never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's things I'm most looking forward to is going back to the uh, the old maps, bit of nostalgia there. So, and we'll see if the new guns are any good. So, uh, I've been wondering about the guns as well because I'm rank 103 or something I want to say, um, and I've unlocked all the all the guns in the game because they all unlock by rank I want to say 80 something. I could have that wrong if I'm misremembering, but I've unlocked all the guns in the game, so it's going to be good to uh, get some new stuff to unlock as well. So. There you go. There's Call of Duty updates. I'm very, very happy with what they've done so far with the game. I think this is easily the best game since, well, probably Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, to be honest. So, uh, there you go. 
Uh, what else do we have here? We've got one more news piece and then we've got uh, some emails to get into. Microsoft apparently has no interest in VR for Scarlet as there's apparently no interest in VR. Um, if I myself was in the Microsoft room I'd kind of say hey I'd like some VR Microsoft Xbox games. I mean just uh, I think it was last week wasn't it or maybe the week before when we were talking about um, uh, Flight Simulator and they were talking about some sort of VR mode for that and I'd said about you know how immersive that would kind of be. Um, I mean it's already going to kind of be immersive on your TV screen but obviously VR gives that extra uh, full immersion kind of thing. Um, so that's one game I'd like to play in VR that I know probably isn't going to be on PlayStation at least anytime soon uh, in a certain deals change or whatnot but yeah what do you think of Microsoft's kind of decision with this? Uh, well, this is why I always say AR and not VR, because the Microsoft HoloLens, which, as far as I know, they're still working on and haven't abandoned yet, mm-hmm. isn't virtual reality. You can still see the real world as well as that. It's augmented reality or altered reality, depending on who you talk to. Mm-hmm. And I completely agree with you that uh, you know, Flight Simulator would be an amazing game in VR, um, but the the... AR stuff, the HoloLens is more for uh, um, the Xbox platform. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, even though it's a Microsoft Simulator that's on PC, you know, PC has several different VR, and that's something that can be done eventually. Past that, I mean, you know, they're they're probably a little bit cautious with stuff after they spent so much time and so much money trying to get Connect to be a thing, and yeah. still never was a thing. Um, so I have no problem with them not running into something full bore uh, and just kind of seeing where the market goes. Because even with PlayStation, VR is not a huge thing. I mean, most of the titles are either super tiny, indie, or just completely niche. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no real, outside of like maybe Skyrim VR, there's no real mainstream like AAA game that's in VR. At least not the one that I know of. Right. So, uh, I mean, for me on the VR side of things, I'm still really enjoying uh, PSVR. I've recently started playing. Oh, yeah, I forgot to talk about that. I've been playing uh, ping, ping pong in VR. It's been really, really cool. Uh, there's going to be some stuff coming out for that uh, later uh, at, at a later date, I guess I could say. Um, but we've been really, really enjoying that. And obviously, you, you use your uh, PlayStation Move controller as one of the paddles. And it's, uh, it's pretty good. It's a bit difficult, but it's pretty good. And I remember... Um, I actually played a fair amount of ping pong at, uh, at high school, and I was kind of good at it. At least I wanted. That's what I kind of want to say. Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, and there was this. Uh, I talked about it on the video, but uh, there was this particular uh, technique that my teacher taught me. I can't remember his name or her name. I think it was probably a guy. Um, to where if this like, I can't really describe it on the podcast. I more have to show it. But just this way, you can constantly do like backhand shots and kind of just go with that sort of rhythm. Uh, did you ever play any ping pong? at all yeah i actually played quite a bit of it and i held the paddle in a very bizarre style to where it confounded a lot of people okay what was that um basically um instead of holding the uh the handle and the grip with the paddle being above your hand i basically reversed it to where the handle was between my second and third finger and the paddle was below my hand but that let me do a lot of overhand shots Hmm. Uh, with a lot more spin on the ball, and then you could flip the paddle out normal size to go for like reaching shots, and it really threw a lot of people. So I had we did it semi-competitively. 
in uh, physical education when I was in high school, and it, it you know it confounds you if you're not seen it before. <laughs> you, it really throws people for a loop on that. Cool, nice. Uh, still can't find any uh, online matches, by the way. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you're not going to. It's it's a super niche product. So yeah, it says it still says finding <laughs> it still says finding opponent, and it loads to the match, and then I'm at the table, and all I'm looking at is this hourglass. Uh, which keeps just turning, and I am there for like five minutes. So, um, yeah, I, t- I don't think I'm gonna keep trying. That. I'm gonna keep trying the single player stuff, which is pretty good. But uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's a shame because I like to play against real players and see what they're like. So, but there you go. Um, but uh, yeah, just in terms of VR things, what I was actually gonna say before I went off on a ping pong tangent is, as long as PlayStation, in terms of PS5, continue to support VR. And in some way, shape, or form, support the VR system that I've got. And obviously, I assume eventually they're going to come out with a uh, PSVR 2. Um, I don't know what that would mean for the uh, version that I've got now. But uh, as long as they continue to support that and make good games for that. Um, and obviously, I still need to play Beat Saber. That's good as well. But I would just be interested to see what Microsoft could do on a uh, VR front. Specifically, obviously, with... Um, uh, flight, uh, flight Simulator, which would be good. So, yeah, I guess we're not going to get that at launch and, and things like that. I mean, these consoles are only about a year away now. So, um, I guess they don't have any interest in that. But we'll see what uh, PlayStation's got for launch. Hopefully, they have a couple of little VR titles. So, we'll see what they've got. Uh, cool, so that's all the news we got. We have got a couple of emails which we should get into here. Oh, wait, before we get in, uh, before we get into the emails, we do have the uh, Games with Gold real quick. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, nothing mm-hmm. overly impressive. Uh the, for the Xbox One, we've got Insane Robots, which I've never heard of. Me neither. And we've got Jurassic World Evolution. And then from the 360 side, we have Toy Story 3 and mm. Castlevania, Lord of Shadows, Mirror of Fate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, with Toy Story, in terms of films, you can't go wrong. I don't know about their games. Obviously, I've played the... Uh... PlayStation 1, um, Toy Story 2 uh, video game, which I've done a classic reviews episode for. But, uh, yeah, I don't really know what the Toy Story 3 video game is like. Obviously, I can only play it and find out. But, uh, yeah, can't really go wrong with the films. So, there you go. Have you seen Toy Story 4 yet? Uh, no, I'll probably watch it this weekend. I think it's on digital rental now. Yeah, That's it's, out on, what uh, I want. it's out on DVD and stuff, so... I assume that means digital one. Yeah, anything that doesn't require me to be in front of a giant screen, I tend to wait for the rental. So, just okay. because, I mean, obviously, like, Infinite Wars and end games and movies of that state, you know, you kind of need, like, you know, your giant movie screen thin, uh, cinemas or anything that I don't want to have Joker or anything like that, I'll go to the, thin- the cinema. But I just assume rather spend four bucks on my Xbox and watch it then, so... Cool. All right. Um, but yeah, we'll see what uh, this game is like. Obviously, there is no game adaption for Toy Story Four. Uh, they did do Toy Story One had a really weird kind of version of it made. Um, I think it was on NES or something. I want to say I probably got that right. I think I got that wrong. But um, yeah, they did have a version of that. But um, yeah, we'll see what that's like. In terms of these other games, I don't think I've. I mean, I've heard of the. Uh, Jurassic World Evolution thing, which is obviously a park builder thing with um, with uh, what are they called? Dinosaurs. Yeah, I almost forgot mm-hmm. what the bloody animals called. Um, yeah, with obviously those, so you can do that. I think David's played that and he quite enjoyed it, but obviously you have to be kind of into those games, which he is. So, uh, yeah, 
there you go. It's interesting because Ryan McCaffrey a couple of hours ago tweeted about like, okay, these games are kind of lackluster and that sort of thing, but uh, isn't Game Pass kind of more what we're all going for? Uh, and obviously you can get both of them with the uh, Game Pass Ultimate thing. So, yeah. I don't know, but uh, obviously Game Pass is well worth it at the moment. So, there you go. Uh, anything you want to say about these games? No, I mean, I agree that it's... Uh kind of lackluster in mm-hmm. that game pass has more value but then again there's no guarantee that these games will go to game pass so yeah yeah uh all right so the emails that we have for this week of course if you have any thoughts feelings questions or feedback about video games or if you just want to get in contact with entertainment talk uh matthew at entertainment talk.org twitter e-talk uk there's a contact page and information in your show notes michelle says uh, what do you expect to be the most surprising announcement at the game awards this year i can see microsoft talking about fable and ubisoft talking about assassin's creed i don't know about microsoft talking about fable at the game awards uh i do think both of those will probably be saved to e3 there's been a whole bunch of rumors about uh what the next assassin's creed is going to be apparently it might be a ragnarok thing apparently it might be a vikings thing apparently it might be something else uh i i kind of wanted to use this email to update like If they keep doing anthology-based Assassin's Creed games and don't push the modern-day story forward, I don't know that my interest is going to be there anymore. uh, Because that's exactly what they kind of did with uh, Odyssey. They did push the uh, modern-day storyline forward a a bit more, but there really wasn't that much of it. But just in terms of like, hey, you have a new character and and another new character uh, in the uh, past setting of, uh, of Assassin's Creed, I'm just that doesn't really connect very well to the um m- the main uh, modern day setting, which is what I'm far more interested in. So if they keep doing that, I don't know if my interest is going to be there for the franchise. So I didn't actually finish Odyssey itself. So uh, yeah, what do you think of these two? Do you think we'll see any of Fable or Assassin's Creed at the Game Awards, or what else do you think that they might announce? Well, well there's a floating around from like some leaked screen. About the possibility of Fable Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm more intrigued with that than uh, because we know that at some point we'll eventually get another Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Uh, but with Lionhead Studios, I think they shut down a while back yeah. after Microsoft bought them. I, I mean, there's no guarantee we're going to get another Fable game. I mean, even that that four v one kind of dungeonish looking kind of thing that Microsoft was touting a few years ago got shut down, so mm-hmm. yeah. you never know from that. Yeah. Uh, Game Awards announced. I said I'm not expecting think, a whole oh. lot of big... What, what? Yeah, I'm not expecting any big, big surprises from the Game Awards outside of who wins and who loses. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know in terms of announcements that will be there. I hope that the crash rumor is true, just because I want it to be. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of, I really do feel like next year, uh, at E3 that Microsoft and Sony are going to come out in full blast. I mean that, that they kind of have to at that point because the new consoles will be out six months after that. So, or five months after that. So, um, unless Sony does like a exp- PlayStation experience next year, which will be a bit too late to talk about PlayStation at that point. Cause obviously they're not going to do that this year. Uh, either that or if, if they've got some sort of February, um, event or something like that i don't really see uh those kind of companies talking about their their next big games but like third parties like ubisoft and i can see them making a couple of announcements at the game awards i don't expect to see this whole rock city batman thing 
that's going on at uh, the Game Awards. I expect to see that at E3 as well, or, or some sort of event, or in its own time, I don't know. Uh, who knows where that game is, so... Yeah, I, I I don't know. It's gonna be d- difficult to tell, but um, <clears throat> just in terms of there being new consoles on the horizon next year and E3 probably being bigger than what it was this year, uh, I just see a lot of those announcements being saved. So, uh, Peter says with the positive with the positive reception behind Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, do you see EA doing more single player microtransactionless? That was a difficult word to say. Uh, games or is it just an apology? Uh, I think it's an apology, part of that. I do think it's like, hey, we cancelled, what, two Star Wars games, was it? We got rid of Amy Henning, we ha- did really badly with Battlefront 1 and 2, and obviously all of that has really damaged the uh, game side of the Star Wars IP. Um, so I think part of it is an apology, I think part of it is just... I, I mean, at some point they, just, they decided to do the game and write the story and not have any microtransactions in it at all, so... Uh, at least I, I haven't come across any myself personally, and I haven't heard about any of them being in the game. So, um, yeah, what, what do you think of, in terms of the reception this game's received, and the future of that, I suppose? Uh, I see liar than an actual apology. Hopefully, with the critical success of the game, it'll lead them direction with future games but you never really know with that um outside of that i mean there's just so much behind the scenes stuff it's really impossible to speculate on yeah yeah uh like i don't know if we get fallen order 2 or or something like that so i i don't know how the game ends either so i can't really tell you um yeah that's what we've got for you for this episode of random gaming talk uh thank you all very much for listening uh it's almost end of it's almost end of november it's crazy this is actually our last episode for november so uh i don't know when we're gonna do our last episode for the year but uh it will be in the next couple of weeks because there's only a couple of weeks left of the year so um maybe it'll be the game awards podcast that we do not our game game awards but uh covering the game awards because after that i don't see there being too much um in terms of announcements so because if, if anyone's going to announce anything at the end of the year surely it's going to be at that event so. before that or at that yeah 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 so we'll see we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks because news is starting to slow down a little bit david was even talking talking to me t- today about like film and tv news which is obviously what he covers on uh geek town has kind of slowed down because we're in that part of the year so we'll see what happens but uh, we'll at least do podcasts up until the game awards obviously covering the game awards itself as well so yeah, again, thank you very much for listening. You can find all the content that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, a, few, a few things heading there, mid-season finales and season finales, but uh, we've still got a bunch of stuff happening, of course. And uh, even though shows are finishing, we've got uh, The Witch coming out on the 20th of December, which is going to be a big uh, podcast marathon for myself, so uh, look out for that as well. Um, but yeah, you can obviously, of course, support the podcast and support Entertainment Talk. We're on Patreon. Please check out the $1 and $3 level tiers over there. Uh, We have an Amazon affiliate link as well. Speaking of Amazon and Twitch and all that stuff. uh, We have an Amazon affiliate link. So if you're shopping for Christmas or yourself or both. uh, You can use that. We'll get a small cut of what you spend. But it won't cost you extra. Uh, iTunes feeds. Please review and subscribe to those as well. Uh, If there's any problems with the iTunes feeds or the website. Please let me know and I'll look into that. Uh, of course there's word of mouth please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds, uh, social media you can share them on Facebook and uh, retweet them on Twitter and if you're allowed to put them in different Facebook groups 
And last thing, video games. If you want to watch us play different video games, me and David stream on Twitch, Robert streams on Mixer. And uh, look out for Let's Play Sundays as well. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.